Comments made on the Ceratalk Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratech Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. It's time for High Contrast, the show where we talk about everything low vision for those folks who are trapped between sight lines. And, as always, I'm Rodney Edgar of TechAccessWeekly.com. And, in the left virtual chair, we have Maury of the wonderful Zoomed In blog over at AISquared.com. How's it going, Maury? Hi, Rodney. It's going very good. Thank you. How are you doing? Right, doing pretty good. It is cold here in Raleigh. Scary enough for Hot September. here. I'm in shorts. Shorts Jeez. in Vermont in September. My house is seven degrees cooler than it was yesterday. But I digress. In the virtual chair to the right is Byron, who has been joining us recently. Hi, how you doing? Oh, wait, she already asked you that. Uh, well, <laughs> kind of broke Anything that. Anything new on low vision rants? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing new on low vision rants, although I was kind of waiting for the iOS stuff to drop before writing anything there. So now there's a whole plethora of things I can dive into. So yeah. look out on low vision rants for that stuff. Please see High Contrast, episode 25. <laughs> yeah. And off in the distance is Joe Ranger Steinkamp of everything Zero Tech, Zero Talk. He'll sort of jump in here and there if he feels necessary to blurt. And off in the distance is our technical director, Derek, who may or may not speak in because he did such a great job on Triple Click Home, ranting and raving. He doesn't see anything. Precisely. There's no contrast. (laughs) There's no contrast on high contrast? There you go. Not a problem. I kill it all. Absolutely. No, you hold this part of the plier. I'll hold the other part of the plier. We'll bend his iPhone 6 Plus back into Ooh. regular Ooh. Nice transition. Here we go. All right. Ow, <laughs> ow, ow. Wait a minute. I thought we were here just to talk about fall TV. What is this iOS? Oh. Uh, no. But since we were here last time, Apple had their big keynote in September announcing the iPhone, the iPhone 6 Plus, the 4.7 size, the 5.5, the Apple Watch, yeah, which we don't know anything about. It just looks like it's going to be a big challenge for accessibility. So if you have ideas about the Apple Watch and what you think or speculate, because it's not going to come out until 2015, drop us a note over at resources at serotalk.com. Now... On to the fun stuff. Can we all say Apple hates us? Apple hates the low vision community? No? They hate us. They really, really hate us. It's a conspiracy. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning because that's pretty much what you hear in the Twitter panic and Facebook panic and everything. But we can talk about the iPhone 6, which is now available in a 4.7-inch and a 5.5-inch, which is the one that I am holding here in my formerly pudgy fingers. So what do we think about the two different sizes? I know my wife, she saw mine and she went, "Uh, I don't need a screen that big. I'm going to use voiceover on it all the time. So big whoop, I'll just take the 4.7. That'll be fine for me. Actually, I didn't realize there was a choice. Is the 4.7 inch the same size as the iPhone 5? The iPhone 5 is a 4 inch, so you gain a little bit extra. Okay. It's kind of like if you were to put it in a case or something, it's about the size of what the iPhone 5 would be. So it's a little bit bigger. 
I don't know if you actually gain a row or not. Do you? Anybody know? Now, what I heard is that in the regular mode, the standard viewing mode, the iPhone 6 has six icons displaying, and then the 5S has five. Now, I'm not sure about the 6 Plus, if you gain another icon, I don't think you do. I think you only get six. We were talking a little bit about this mode called display zoom, which we'll get into later, but just to sort of reiterate on your question about how many rows of icons you get from what I heard, if you use the zoomed mode, which is called display zoom, you get five icons, but if you don't, you get six. However, Rodney said that he turned on zoomed mode and he still had six icons. So I think the jury is still out on that one. What we're talking about is under settings and display slash brightness, I believe it is in here, Mm -hmm. you have a standard or a zoomed mode. And on the iPhone 6 Plus, which is the 5.5 inch model, it actually makes the icons a little bit larger and it makes the writing underneath a little bit bolder. So you might lose a little bit of your writing on a word. It may drop off because it's enlarged a little bit. But I'm still able to see six rows of icons on that. Well, is that five rows of icons plus your dock, or is that six rows of icons plus your dock? Six plus dock. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I've got all this big space. Yeah. I mean, I went and looked at the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus at Best Buy, and they feel like little tiny iPads, you know, the texture sort of feels like. And I turned on the display zoom feature because I was so excited. I thought, man, all I need is a little more oomph in my text size. I'm not a big fan of magnification software, which I'm sure I've pounded into everyone's heads by now. Byron doesn't like magnification software. It's always about Byron. It is. You should know this by now. It should be. My specific visual acuity is the only one that really matters and (laughs) screw the rest of you guys. (laughs) Yeah. So I was disappointed when I turned on display zoom, everything was still pretty small. It wasn't much of an improvement for me. Well, display zoom seems to make the icon pop a little more, sort of makes it a Mm -hmm. little bit more square. And the font underneath is kind of like if you turned on the bold text in iOS 7, it -hmm. sort of gives it that little fatter look to it. That's about the only thing that I noticed with it. But probably with the 4.7 inch, you probably do lose a rope because it eats up a little space there. The 5.5 in my hand, I'm not really having a problem using it with one hand and moving it around and that kind of thing. I will say that I don't have a case yet because there's not many cases that you can actually get for the iPhone 5.5 yet. And it is extremely slippery with the rounded edges and everything. It's kind of hard to hang on to. So I'm a little bit worried about that. But as far as size, it's pretty much the same size width-wise as an iPhone 5 if you were to put it in an OtterBox. It's the same width. It's just a little bit longer. You know, so there's been discussions. Is it a Pop-Tart? Is it a strudel? Is it the people's strudel? I don't know. Is it the old Pop-Tarts before they started shrinking them down? Or is it the new Pop-Tarts? Actually, it's probably the old ones, but I did find the perfect size for this 5.5 inch iPhone and it is a checkbook. So if you have a stack of checks in one of the books that you get from your bank, if you're old school like that, It's pretty much the same thickness and same width, same size, almost precisely. So there's your case. You know, they have no need to sell 5.5 inch (laughs) cases anymore because there's plenty of checkbooks out there. 
You know, <laughs> if I could get one of those really padded ones, I'd be set. Good yeah. idea. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of tech reporters saying that the sweet spot seems to be 4.7 inches or 5 inches, the 5.5. I remember when the Galaxy Note first came out, it was 5.5 inches. And everybody was like, gee, everybody has baby hands when they hold it, you know. And everybody was laughing at people putting it in their pockets and saying it was huge to hold it beside your head. But mm-hmm. now it's like, ooh, it's cool. It's larger. Because it has that Apple logo slapped on the side, you know. Yeah. And. I will say that the biggest difference I see between this and the five is the darker blacks. The black is really dark. The fonts really stand out on white backgrounds. So that is definitely a big plus for the 5.5 inch because it is 1080p. And I believe it's blacks are black. Uh, It might be a little bit less dark on the 4.7, which is I think 750p, I believe, because they didn't want it to be 720. Oh, it's weird. It's like 13-something by 755, so it's a weird. And iPhone 6, I believe, is 19-something or other by 1080. It's something odd that they tried to do just so that they can say, well, it's better than that one. That's all they did. Do you feel like you can appreciate photos looking at them on the bigger screen better? Yes. It gives you a lot more real estate to look at. I will say that I can tell a little difference in the pictures that I had taken on the iPhone 5 compared to this one because the low light is very good on the 5.5. Yesterday, I had a networking guy call me at work and he's like, yeah, I need to know the uh, jack number under your computer so that I can change something in the network settings. I'm like, okay, how am I going to find out what my jack number is? Because it's under the desk in the dark and nobody was around at that point in time. So I said, okay, test for the iPhone. I took the iPhone out. I pointed it under the desk. I zoomed in and I took a picture with it. And I sent it to everybody on our mailing list for high contrast. And you can actually read the numbers on it. It actually picked up the text and everything on that networking box under my desk. The iPhone 5, when I took the picture, it pretty much was grainy and dark. I couldn't even see anything on it other than I think there's a sticker. No flash? No flash. Wow. It was just zoomed in, tapped in the middle for it to focus on the box. Poof. You know, so that was definitely a plus. Great for OCR apps. I don't know if you still have your five or not, but it would be interesting to get the same picture side by side and maybe post that in the show notes so that people can see it. Because I saw that picture and I was like, wow, that's pretty good for low lighting. Yeah, I'll see if I can take one because I just deleted it because it was just sort of a blurry spot. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, the big thing is, is people probably just need to go to the store, feel the iPhone, see which one they want. If you're really big into watching videos, I would probably go with the 5.5 if you can manage it in your hands. For someone with smaller hands than mine, you probably would have to hold it with two hands. It does have the thing where if you lightly tap the touch sensor twice, it will sort of pull the top of the screen down halfway and then you tap it again and it'll go back. So it brings it halfway down. That's strange. I haven't seen a need for that yet, but granted, I've only had the phone for about two days because UPS didn't show up on time. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I felt bad. Was it the five or the five S that you had before this? Just the five. It was before the touch sensor. So the touch sensor is new to you, and are you appreciating that feature? Very much so. (laughs) Uh I thought it would be kind of silly, but no. If I could only do like they have on an 
Windows Phone where you tap the screen twice and it wakes up, it would be the best thing ever because I wouldn't have to ever touch one of the buttons to make it do anything. I wouldn't have to actually click it, but you still have to wake the phone up and then hit the button. So it's a lot better than typing my passcode. Coming from a perspective of someone who has a 5S, when I went to go check out the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus and came away kind of disappointed from the display zoom and the overall sameness, my vision is so bad that when somebody talks about the difference between 720 and 1080 or high definition versus standard definition, I don't really see the differences most of the time. So when you're talking about all oh, the blacks are blacker and the whites are whiter and the fonts are nicer and crisper and cleaner, and I'm just like, it's still the same blurry mess to me. So I came away from seeing the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus, not having that urge to buy one right now, like I did when I walked into the store. I could probably wait until the 6S. It's not big enough of an upgrade for me to need it. I thought the bigger screen would help a lot, but it's still very small text, even though it's a bigger screen. You would probably find the 5.5 useful if more apps actually use the dynamic font to where Mm -hmm. you could blow things up larger because I can increase the font size to like 75% go into mail and headings and things in mail are just like huge, you know, where you probably wouldn't see that much difference on the smaller phone. As far as the zoom settings that you can get to in this general and settings under accessibility, there's a follow focus, which I haven't really figured out yet. Zoom keyboard. I haven't figured that out either. Ah, You know what that means? That is because imagine if you're filling out web forms, right? And the way the Zoom used to work before, you take three fingers and move down to the keyboard, which was zoomed in, and you would type in whatever you were going to type in. Sometimes you'd zoom out to do that and then zoom back in to see if you got it right. So now it will zoom the web page above the keyboard, but leave the keyboard the same size, you know, the normal size. So you can type without having the keyboard zoomed in. Sort of like Android. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And then they also have now a show controller, which will put a little button on your screen that you can move around with your finger and you can tap it. It'll bring up some of your quick settings for uh, your Zoom features, which you can also get it if you do the zoom in three finger tap gesture and hold your fingers. It'll still bring it up. So I don't really know why you would want that eating up some of your real estate. I think it's just for people who may not be tech savvy enough to remember all of those gestures. Yeah. And just wants a button. Yeah. And you can adjust the transparency of it. So, you know, just for a test, I made mine all the way invisible. So you could just barely see it down there in the corner. So I could still read web pages and stuff behind it, but I could see it. Mm -hmm. But I found, like you said, I don't really need it because you can get to the same controls very easily. Yeah. It's kind of like a chat head in Facebook. Yeah. That's what I kind of equate the size to. So you can turn that on or off. You can do a zoom region. You can either zoom a small portion of the screen or full screen. So me, I just go with full screen. It has a maximum zoom level. So you can go from one to 36 X. I've set this at different values and I've turned on zoom, but I haven't really noticed that it stops at a certain point. It still seems like it jumps larger than what I had it set to. So yeah. I'm not sure about that one. You can invert your colors for high contrast. You can also change things to black and white with grayscale. You can do your large text on, bold text on. You can turn on button shapes. You can increase your contrast to sort of get rid of transparency things, reduce the motion of the movement. 
There's another setting under just general accessibility that turns on and off labels for voiceover users. Uh, You can still do your hearing aid, your LED flash, mono audio. They have a phone noise cancellation. I don't remember that being in there before. I uh, hadn't compared seven to eight yet, uh, where you can actually get rid of some of the background noise in your calls if you need to. Uh, They have subtitles to where it will give you that on video, and it'll do video description. And I don't know if that's only going to be available for things sold in iTunes or not, or whether you'll actually be able to buy things from Google or Amazon, and it'll do audio description. Yeah, I don't know. still out on that. And the thing that I was kind of disappointed about was the inverted colors are still kind of broken. I mean, it's the exact same thing as 7 and other iterations where not only does it flip the colors of your screens, but it also flips the colors of your pictures as well. What they really need is a night mode where, you know, in Yosemite, which should be coming out very soon, they've got a night mode. You can make everything darker without flipping the color of your pictures and everything else. But they still yeah, it's have like it turns iOS. it into a negative mode, sort right. of turns it into a negative type thing, or you're looking for heat signatures in your spy show, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then under accessibility, you still have hearing aid, so you can flash your LED flash on alerts. You can do mono audio noise cancellation, which it did. Switch subtitles. We're still figuring that out. Guided access, assistive touch, call audio routing which I guess that tells it whether to go to headphones or Bluetooth by default. Actually, I, really I turned that on. Into that one. You know what that does? Yeah, you kind of got it right. You can tell it when you answer a phone call or when you make a call, automatically send it to the speakerphone or the earpiece. So if you're like me, where I use ah. my speakerphone all the time, I no longer have to hit that little speakerphone button. Or when you get the dial pad and not the actual control box, I don't have to worry about, okay, show the control box, then hit speaker. It just does it automatically now. Yeah, and then there's a readability option and the accessibility shortcut for the triple home click. Cool. No podcast plug here. (laughs) Have you tried the speak screen feature on the iPhone yet? Speak screen? I don't even know that one. Yeah, watch this. So I'm going to go into a text message. Voiceover is off. You'll notice I'm flicking up and down. Nothing's happening. Now I'm going to flick down with two fingers from the top of the screen. And Trish Smith, when are you going to lunch? Today, 2, 18 p.m. Trish Smith, can you turn Wi-Fi on? Need to block someone. And then if I hit the X at the top, it'll stop reading, or I can speed it up, or I can slow it down, or I can pause it. How do you turn Um, that on? You go into, uh, let's see, I think you go into settings. And what's nice about it is you can go out. Let's say you're reading a Kindle book, and you want to do something else while you're reading your Kindle book, you can do that. Uh, let's see if I go to general and then accessibility and then speech and then speak screen. And then when you flick down with two fingers from the very top of the screen where the time is with voiceover turned off, it'll just start reading what's on your screen. Under voiceover? Nope, not under voiceover. It's just under plain Uh, old accessibility. Right underneath grayscale, invert colors, zoom, and voiceover. It's the last thing. Oh, uh, good yeah. Lord. I've Speech. totally missed that one. Yeah. And I like it because Speak I can go selection. into a Kindle book and read it and then go look at text messages or whatever while I'm reading. It's really cool. Voices. Air. Okay. I completely missed that one. Yeah. It's kind of a neat feature if you're not a full-time voiceover user, you know? What do I have to do? Just swipe down? 
with two fingers from the very top of your screen, like almost from the, like you have to almost go on the bezel and then swipe. You almost have to touch the bezel, then swipe down. Oh. And then you'll notice after it reads for a while, the little control center thing goes away into a little transparent thing and you can click on it again. You can hit X. You can hit the fast forward button to skip things you don't want. It's cool. Huh. Now, the funny part is, is it's reading it in Siri's voice. You can change that, but I'm not sure where. There's two sections for voices. Yeah, I totally missed that one. Huh. Damn. And it's cool because, like, I can do other stuff while it's reading. So it'll just start reading whatever you swiped until it gets finished and you can go do other things. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. And it's got instant speed know. controls and everything. And pause. <laughs> and what about bugs? I'm I'm guessing that Maury has run into some bugs in terms of iOS 8 and voiceover and some other things. Yes, I've run into a few oddities about iOS 8. One of them is voiceover seems to turn off for no apparent reason. I had it happen once when I hit the home button once, not three times, but once. And then I had it happen another time when I didn't do anything with a home button and I would hear voiceover off and I don't know why it turned off, but I didn't do it. So that's one thing. And the other thing is the NLS Bard mobile app. I was searching for a book and you get on the select browse Bard And I was flicking right to get to the search collection edit box. And you could hear it, voiceover would say edit box, but the screen wouldn't move down to that. It's supposed to page up to get to that edit box and it wouldn't move. So then when you double tap, it would not bring up the edit box. So I had to turn voiceover off and scroll down and do it without voiceover on. I do have one fix for that, by the way. If you take three fingers when you're in the browse bar section and you just swipe up once, it'll do a page down and take you down to where that edit box is and then you can see it. And then you can just double tap in the edit box and yeah. Okay. Now that you mention it, I think I did that and that worked. And also once I entered something and then hit the search button and I got the results and I had multiple results flicking again, flicking to the right, it wouldn't go down. So again, I probably could have done the three finger swipe up to get to the next page. By the way, I don't know, this is a side note, but I just realized when I was doing that, you know, when sometimes you search the collection and you get a bunch of results and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason, like you would think the closest match would be on top, but it's not. Well, it's actually the results come up in alphabetical order. So that's oh, kind that's of helpful. interesting. Yeah. I actually had the other day when the Victor Reader stream came out, the new software update with the NLS Bard, they must have had some server issues because we had zero results coming up both on the stream, my iPhone, and somebody else on Twitter. They tried it, and they also got zero results. They seem to fix that problem. But if you do get a zero results found for something like the Green Mile, you know it's there. It should be. Just you know, give it some time, and it should start working again. They probably were not using Squarespace. Yeah. One bug that I've run into occasionally is if I'm, say, in a list, like in the settings menu, 
and I've got the screen sort of zoomed a little bit so that I can read a little better. If I try to tap on something, the focus will actually activate three items below where I'm actually typing at. So if I hit, say, general, it will hit the iCloud setting or whatever's three items below that. So that's kind of odd, but it doesn't happen all the time. It's just rare occurrence as far as moving around the screen and everything. Uh, I haven't played enough with voiceover on this 5.5 yet to actually see if it does actually crash on this one or whether it actually works like it's supposed to. You mentioned something about dynamic type earlier, which I'm a big fan of. It just doesn't seem to work everywhere that I thought it should. They've enabled dynamic type in more places now. You'll notice that when you go into your phone app, the list of calls that you've had in the past or your list of contacts used to be the same size as everything else on the screen. You know, like the favorites heading at the top, all of your missed calls and stuff would be the same font size. Well, now it seems that they're following the dynamic type. But on my four inch iPhone 5S, with dynamic type turned up to about 60%, I see like the first name and then the last name is cut off with an ellipsis because it doesn't all fit. And so that's where you were saying with a 5.5 screen, you can actually fit that whole person's name into the screen, whereas with the four inch, you can't. And I've got the dynamic type at about probably, probably about 65, 75% somewhere in there. And I can see everyone's name in the actual recent contacts all the way across. Oh, the gigantic phone. Yes. The giant iPad sized phone. Now, why don't they just release an iPad that's a phone? That would make me happy. <laughs> it feels almost like the Nexus 7 size-wise. <laughs> Piece of crap. I didn't say that. Another, I guess you would call it, new feature bug is I use dictation a lot when creating an email. And when I get to the body of the email and on the keyboard, I select the dictate button. It's not till after I select the dictate button that voiceover says top of document and it's already recording what I'm dictating. So the first thing that types out is document and then it will listen to what I'm saying. So I can't write emails now using dictate because the first word is always document and you're in that dictate mode. So it's not like you can stop it and delete the word document, and then start over, because then you'll just get the word document again. And that's really annoying. And I turned off voiceover hints, but that didn't seem to help. And I seem to still be getting voiceover hints, which I do, in general, like to have that on. Any thoughts on Hmm. that? The only thing I could think of is, I don't know if you can see well enough to tap the dictate button with voiceover turned off. But maybe you can triple click home, tap the dictate button, do your thing, and then turn it back on and check it out. That's the only solution I can yeah, think of. Yeah, I think I tried that, and I'm wondering if it said top of document anyway. So maybe it's dictate saying that. I don't know. I thought I tried that, and I can't remember if it did or did not work as a workaround. Hmm. I usually use dictate without voiceover, so... Hmm. Okay. I guess we'll all have to do a little playing around with voiceover and see what happens. And maybe they'll release an 8.0.2 or whatever they want to call it, because they released one really quick today and pulled it. Ah, But we won't talk about that one. It was here and then it was gone. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll definitely email accessibility at apple.com about dictate issue. Yeah, it'd be like top of podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's start all over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So we're going to have top of podcast just sprinkled all over the place. Top of podcast. It's time for high contrast. No, <laughs> top of podcast. <laughs> Have any of you guys tried any of the third-party keyboards? Because I know we've talked in the past about, you know, the keyboard under messaging is white with black letters, but then like in Twitter or something, it's a gray keyboard with white letters, and it gets very frustrating when the keyboard just changes colors on you, and we'd like to have a keyboard that stays whatever color it's supposed to be. So I'm wondering if you guys have tried things like Flexi or Swipe or SwiftKey or anything like that. I tried Flexi because I was like, oh, I can add a keyboard. Well, I've already got Flexi downloaded. I'll try that. Well, I put it in there, but Apple has this little globe thing where you can select different keyboards and the Flexi app does not seem to have that right now. So if you set it to Flexi, you can't go back to the regular keyboard. So I had to get oh, rid of Oh, you it. know what you do? You hold your finger down on the keyboard for like three seconds and then it goes back to the default keyboard. Oh, hmm. That'll fix it. That's too hard. <laughs> but see, now Flexi is not really, at least this version is not really designed for you know blind people in mind. So it says it, there's a little bubble of text that comes up right when you load Flexi that says, hold your finger down on this keyboard to go back, but it goes away very quickly and it's very small, so you won't see it. Oh, one of those things that I usually have to do the quick home and click so that I can take a picture of. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) In order to grab what the screen says. And then, of course, that little globe being there right next to the dictation button, I keep touching it instead of the dictation button. So it's really getting frustrating Mm. because I have emoji turned on and I have the regular keyboard turned on and flexi. So I keep accidentally going into the other keyboards. And it makes the space bar smaller. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I know. My daughter installed something where I have silly modicon keyboard. So I accidentally go to that instead of hitting the dictate button sometimes. (laughs) Well, it sounds like we have multiple issues with iOS 8. A lot of new features little question as to how bad is your vision? How good is your vision? Can you actually see the difference? Can you not see the difference? Does size really matter? That is still the age old question that we really cannot answer. Uh, Buyer beware, check your hands to see which phone fits you better. But anyway, if you would like to give us your input on iOS 8, iPhone 6, iPhone 6 plus 5.5 version, Or if you just have speculations on what in the heck the Apple Watch is truly going to be next year when they release it, where it could go from anywhere from $300 to $5,000, depending on which version you want, and will they do anything? We do not know. So drop us a line over at resources at serotalk.com, and we'll read your comments and hopefully make a comment on this show. But... Now it is time to take a break and we're going to head to Joe Steinkamp for a review of Doctor Who Legacy. And yes, I'm still playing the WWE Supercard for no apparent reason other than I'm trying to find the fish pellets. You are listening to High Contrast here on SPN. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. 
How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Of course. Who, who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? What's up? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel! Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another app review here on High Contrast. And this particular one, well... Uh, it's going to warm Rodney's heart. The new Doctor has shown up on Doctor Who. Peter Capaldi, the 12th or possibly 13th, depending how you want to look at it, is the Doctor who has come for the regeneration of Matt Smith. And to celebrate, I thought I would play, well, a match three game with the TARDIS in it. Oh my gosh, this is so cool and so awesome. And it is now taking up almost every moment of my, well, waking life when not at work. Doctor Who Legacy plays pretty much the same whether it's on Android or iOS, depending on the Android tablet, by the way. Graphics are not huge, but this is a BBC official app using the real likenesses of not just the current Doctor, but a lot of the Doctors and your companions. Let me break this down. Unlike Marvel Puzzle Quest or some of the other Match 3s that we've talked about before, this one has a lot of depth and you can choose to be one of many doctors. You can unlock those doctors too, because there is a store. And I'll mention this up front. The game is free, but there is some in-app purchases if you want to unlock your favorite character ahead of time. And I'll get a little bit more into that in a second. But the idea is you have a row of characters up at the top that you can add. So you choose your favorite doctor, then you choose companions, or you choose ones that you have unlocked, and you go into a match three puzzle game and at the very top of the screen is your enemy. Could be the Weeping Angels, could be a Cyberman, could be any number of things. And below that are your characters. Each character has its own attributes. So some characters are really good at using a color to do an attack. And enemies respond to colors. They have hit points. And if you attack a blue enemy with, say, red, then you have a good chance of hurting it more. And it's very interesting the kind of depth that you can get here because choosing the wrong color in a battle can work against you. So if you choose to go in there with um, yellow and black, that could kind of work for you. But yellow does defeat black, black does defeat yellow. And it actually could work against you if the monster decides to use your weaknesses against you in its attacks. Now, unlike some of the other match threes, this one really likes multiple combos and really ramping up the difficulty at really odd times. And you have to heal yourselves after a while because you actually can run out of hit points on your team and that's how you would lose the game. I think this is really, oh man, it just takes a little getting used to because instead of moving things like on a, like a slot puzzle, right? The old 70s and 80s slot puzzle where you just move one thing at a time and that shifts the other two things next to it, whether it be up, down, left, right. Well, Doctor Who Legacy lets you actually pick up a piece and move it all the way across the board. So 
if you have two reds on the far right side and you've got a red on the far left side, you can actually pick that up and drag it all the way over and put it on the two reds on the right. In the meantime, that disrupts everything else in the board and you could possibly, possibly put together multiple strings of things. You have five seconds to move that dot from the moment that you touch it. If you don't make any matches, well, then you're going to end up getting hurt because that's going to take hit points away from you. But if you're really good and you take some time, you actually could score three, four, five matches in a row by putting things together as you're moving that dot from the left side of the screen to the right. It really does add a lot of depth to a traditional match three game. And you can really sit there and plan out your moves and say, wow, I think I can put those three together and those three together and then put this four one together and they all attack at the same time. So you actually could attack a Dalek and heal yourself at the same time if you know the combinations and how to do them. Sounds like a lot, and it really is because there's like 50 hours of gameplay in this particular game. You can level up your characters, you get items which allows you to move them to a different rank, which allows them to heal more or attack more. Each character has something specific to them, like Jenny and Vostra. Vostra attacks and Jenny actually can turn blue dots red, and that can help you make better combos. Uh, you can put together things in really weird ways up and down, so you actually can get like 6 or 8 or 12 things all connecting at one time if you work really hard at it. The surprises of characters that you can unlock are just amazing. I can't wait to get K-9 to fight with Strax while we attack Cybermen. This is just a dream thing for me. There are story elements within this particular game, and there are constantly new things being added by the Doctor Who Legacy team. And uh, it started out with series one through five, and uh, just the game series in which they have their own stories. But they recently added series eight, and had some specials of the current Doctor with his episodes. And actually, if you play those episodes, you unlock characters that are specific to the new Peter Capaldi Doctor. It's a fan's kind of game. And if you're into Match 3 and you're not really a Doctor Who fan, uh, this isn't a bad game for you. Especially if you like the idea of being able to finally say, Golly, I wish I could move that yellow dot over there to where all the other yellow dots are. Oh, wait, I can! Ooh. Now, I said it was free, and it is. However, to get to some missions or to get some fan-exclusive characters, you have to purchase time crystals. Now, you don't have any energy, or you can only play this for a certain amount of time like we've had on other games. Like, you've run out of energy. You can't continue. Come back in two hours after your energy recharges. Like, uh... Marvel Puzzle Quest where you uh, your guys get hurt so much that they have to heal and then you have to come back. No, you can play this all the way through if you really, really wanted to and had that much time. The difference is, is that you need items and time crystals in order to advance your characters. So you will hit a level wall. At some point, you just can't go any further with that character and you'll have to try another combination while you get items to actually make your characters increase because if you find like a blue egg timer and this and that that'll allow this character to rise up and uh, that screen is detailed pretty well in the TARDIS you actually go into the TARDIS which is a very simple menu find the character you want go in there and you can see their stats and all their stats do matter because the doctor gains his powers by how many companions he has and the powers that they have so there is, a, like I said, a lot of strategy involved in this particular game. The 
fan area can't be unlocked unless you have five time crystals. And if you go to buy time crystals, the cheapest plan that gets you to five is a six time crystal pack at about $4.99, which, you know, is not bad. And you get a whole truckload of levels. And the minute I went in there and played, I got a character. I got uh, Winston Churchill, which was kind of neat. So there is some some great things to that. You don't have to do it. It was just kind of sitting there on the menu saying, I'm here, I'm here, and you can't get to me until you spend money. And I was like, okay, fine. I can't take it anymore. I'm a big enough fan that I admit I have to have it. It's easy to see in the menus. It's white on black or white on blue. Most of the menus are fairly decent to look at. You can use, uh, it's really hard, but you can use Zoom on the iPad or you can use some of your enlargement stuff on Android. The things that I found really difficult was actually in the beginning trying to decipher colors. The red and kind of some of the purple looked sort of the same and blue and green got a little hard in the default settings. If you go to settings, you can actually change the way that the dots look. So you can actually assign them like little Dalek eye stock faces and all these other things that you can add. I actually found myself liking the Christmas ornament look mainly because they're more solid looking and they're extremely day glow bright. So I, if I'm playing late at night and my eye is tired, I don't necessarily have to fight anymore about what color is what. They stand out pretty well. Those are available for free in the settings section and those are easy to find. Uh, if you're playing on iPad, you can save it up to the cloud and pick it up somewhere else. There is a public key so you can actually challenge other people. There are codes being given away on a pretty regular basis. This game is really pretty friendly if you sign up and join their community. And they have a Facebook page and other places. And since this is a BBC-approved app, you have sound effects from the actual show. And that makes a heck of a difference when fighting Daleks or Cybermen or what have you. So I can't rave about this enough. Uh, Rodney's already probably skipped over this part when he's reviewing the podcast. So let me come to an end by saying I am a huge fan of Doctor Who Legacy. If you are a fan of the show, it's definitely something you want to look into. If you're not a fan of the show, but you want to match three game with a lot of strategy and a lot of depth and the ability to have control of that board, you might want to take a look at this anyway. And it might encourage you to take a look at the show, which is now available on BBC America in the United States or from the BBC iPlayer, if you are in a country that can get that. So, it's a high recommend for me, especially since I'm a Match 3 player, and uh, man, I listen to podcasts while playing this on multitasking, so it's definitely, for me, uh, there is no backgrounding audio, but I can turn the music down and still have a podcast going, which, as everybody knows, is a big, big thumbs up in my book. Doctor Who Legacy, available for iOS and Android. Check it out. And now back to the rest of the gang on High Contrast. And welcome back to High Contrast here on SPN. Now we will mention the mailbag, which we actually got four messages this time. Janine, John, Pam, and John, who sent in an email for the very first time to a podcast. And we greatly appreciate all the input that you have. And since we've kind of rambled about iOS for this long period of time, we'll include those emails in the show notes so that everyone can read them in their splendor and glory and give us more comments so that we can read and enjoy later on. Because with a podcast, you always want to get comments. But whether we have time to actually review and discuss them all, time varies. 
Anything going on in your world, Byron? Do you ever notice the mailbag never misbehaves when he's on our show? It's always kind of causing a ruckus on other shows, but it's always well-behaved and just sits there and purrs. Doesn't do anything bad. I think it likes us better. Maybe that's it. Maybe, Maybe it's just we hold better conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be. No, nothing much going on in my uh, neck of the woods. If you want to check out uh, the website that I work on in my day job, the one that I actually do keep updated, I work on directionsforme.org. And that's a website where you can get directions for just about anything. Just type it in or scan it with your barcode scanner or go to horizons-blind.org. And that's the organization that I work for. And you can find out what we're up to over there. So that's all that's going on over here. Oh, so Directions for Me actually provides other people directions other than just you. Right, exactly. So they're not just for me. You could use it too, Rodney, if you want, but but nobody else. Oh, so they could be directions for me as well. Exactly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Bad humor. I think that's time to call it a long day here. Uh, as always, drop us an email at resources at saratalk.com. You can leave an iReport by iBlink radio on your mobile devices. You can get information about all these Saratech products at saratech.com slash products. As always, I am Rodney Edgar. You can find me on Twitter at Rodney Edgar, R-O-D-N-E-Y-E-D-G-A-R. You can check out eh, some reviews and things over at techaccessweekly.com. We've sort of suspended that for other projects at the moment, but you can check out the oldies but goodies, if you will. Thanks to Mari Hill of the AISquared.com slash blog, zoomed in. And you can find her on Twitter at Mari Elizabeth, at M-A-U-R-I-E, Elizabeth. I don't want to spell Elizabeth because I'll probably mess it up. And thanks to Byron. You can find him on Twitter at Byron27, B-Y-R-O-N-2-7. You can check out ByronLee.com and leave your rants, kind of like we did here, at LowVisionRants.com, which is his other website. Shameless plug yet again. And thanks to Joe Ranger Steinkamp. You can find him on Twitter at Ranger Station. Find him on everything Sarah Talk, EOL Show, occasionally on other things like Sarah Spectives and the such. And Sarah Talk, the main podcast of the network. And so we will call this an episode of High Contrast. Let the ramblings end. You've been listening to High Contrast here on SPN. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye now. Goodbye. Oh, God.